You know, Satchmo was actually born in August, but he lied, told everybody he was born on the 4th of July, and it worked. It's all about marketing. Mike Strain joins us, Commissioner of Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry, talking about Christmas. Mike, we all like, I, I do anyway, the cold weather for Christmas, but what about crawfish farmers? What effect is this going to have when after Mardi Gras, after, uh, yeah, after Christmas and Mardi Gras come Lent, we're all looking for crawfish? What effect is it going to have on a crop? Well, we're going to have them for Mardi Gras and Lent. What you won't have them is fresh crawfish, you know, in the next 10 days. Mm-hmm. What happens when it gets cold, they, they quit eating, and so what happens, it does slow their growth down, but it's only temporary. So you'll see a 10-day effect if it warms up, you know, going on to the 26th of December, and then we have warm weather after that. It'll be a little blip in the radar. What will happen is that the vegetation, uh, the rice that's in the ponds, you know, the rice stubble will break down a little faster than it would have. And so we won't have as many crawfish after Easter as we would have because it'll shorten the season up, but on the tail end. So once it warms back up, they'll start having that voracious appetite. We'll start catching them, and we're going to be okay. So this is not so bad and because, again, the, the cold weather, they're not going to freeze in the ponds. You know, we shouldn't have really – any significant death loss of the crawfish. So that's a very, very good thing. There. I want to talk about this donation by Foster Farms because, again, I work with Troy Duhon and his food bank, and that's a lot of protein, 1.6 million that's pounds a lot of, of chicken. chicken. It is. That's a wonderful thing, you know. And so we got a call from Noble Ellington in the governor's office. said, listen, he said, I was told that Foster Farms would, would like to donate some chicken. And we got with Mayor Crow of Farmerville. We got, you know, with Foster Farms, and they said, yes. Uh, we've got some chicken to donate, and we want to, you know, we're talking. I said, well, how much? He said about 40. I said, 40 cases, 40 pounds. No, 40 tracks of trailer loads. That's amazing. I said, okay. And so we started what we call Operation Chicken Lift, so we figured out the logistics. So over the next month, we're going to be doing about 10 tracks of trailer loads a week going, you know, divided up mainly amongst the five big major food banks and then give it to the subsidiaries. But it's 1.6 million pounds, and it is – two million meals and the way we're doing it we have the federal food delivery trucks that we use in our normal distribution systems because we supply over 50 million dollars in money and product to the food banks now through the agency and then we have fuel that was donated and left over from the hurricanes so we have that sitting in inventory using the donated fuel and then we found some some dollars to pay to put it in the cases and then the 10 pound bags the necessary dollars so, so it's it's underway, everyone working together. Mac Williams has done a great job in our office, working with the governor's office and working with the food banks. And I can tell you, I've been at the food banks. They need help. People need food. You know, and with the people that need the food banks, you know, it's, it's a community. You know, most of it's, it's working people that are now struggling. You know, they got a car note. The car broke down. Uh, you know, insurance came in. They or the property taxes. And guess what? They don't have enough money, especially proteins. So it's a wonderful thing. And Foster Farms has a history of making donations, and we're very, very thankful to that. But, again, 40 tractor-trailer loads in the course of, of the next month going to the food bank. So we're very, very fortunate, and we thank Foster Farms and everyone else involved in making this happen, especially the people that work in the food banks. You know, Troy does a great job. Uh, and if you and I know you've been, uh, but it, people need to go and volunteer and give them a hand or bring them some product or a few dollars, and they can stretch those dollars. We're also talking about how we can you know use more Louisiana rice products, how we can get more rice in there because rice is you know one of the main the main consumed you know starch products there there are 
direct consumable using Louisiana rice and getting that from bulk rice into packages and into the hands of the people that really need it. So it's a good thing here at Christmas time. All right, Mike, let's take a break. We'll pick it up here. we come back talking about firewood. Buy it where you burn it. I didn't even realize this until you told me about this before. We'll talk about some last-minute gift ideas. And, again, a reminder to check your pipe. 649, call it 650, 10 till 7. Traffic now on WWL. Mike Strange. Hey, I can hear you now. Okay. I can hear you now. All right. So – Normally, we seed the crawfish ponds, you know, kind of in the in the in the early in the spring, going into fall, and then they grow. They start growing, you know, around really October, November. They they come out of the out of the holes and they start growing. So it's every cycle. But in a crawfish pond, you can have three years of crawfish. You can have the new young crawfish because they put pregnant females that we call it gravid females that are laying eggs into the crawfish ponds, you know, when after we've cut the rice and the, and the water is flooded, you put them in, and that's you'll see those in the spring. Uh, you can have then some old growth. So you can have mature ones, young ones, and then, again, the older ones that survived the year before. So you have different cycles. Uh, so they have a relatively short life cycle, and we often put, you know, more females in each year. And the thing of it is the average female, one gravid female can produce almost a sack of crawfish, so it's wow. a wonderful it's a wonderful thing. All right, let's talk about burning firewood where you get it. Yes, burn it where you you know we say burn it where you buy it, uh, and of course especially don't bring firewood in uh, from above I twenty in in Louisiana because of the emerald ash borer. And firewood, if you're buying it, that's got to be certified firewood. We we check on that if you're buying it right from the stores with the plastic wrap. But again. Generally speaking, within 10 miles, you should burn it within 10 miles of where you buy it. That stops a whole host of different uh, plant pests and diseases. So we have the emerald ash borer is the main one that we're worried about, but also beetles. Uh, they bring in the Ips beetles and some of the other creatures that are hazardous and dangerous to our timber industry and to the nursery industry as well. We may not talk to you again, I don't think so, till after Christmas. So people sometimes the day after take their trees down. Talk about recycling, please. Clean everything off that tree. Get all the metal off, you know, and, and, so, and get the stand off. And so it's just, quote, the, the, the natural tree and then bring it to the curb and, and find out where the recycling is because that's really important for our coast and for and northern Louisiana. What they do, they use it uh, for actually where they will have fish, brim beds, as they call them, in the lakes. So clean it off. Get everything off that tree, especially all the metal, all the ornaments, and put it out. And you can generally check on the Internet or check with your local parish or city government when the pickup is, and let's recycle those trees. Somebody texted in there concerned about cows that they see on the highway. What temperature does uh, do farmers or ranchers have to worry about their cattle? At what point do they have to shelter them from the cold? Well, right now, especially with your cattle, we, we quote, fill them up. So you give them, you know, make sure they have plenty of hay. You put some energy blocks out there or some grain, and they do quite well. If they can get out of the wind, they'll do fine. They'll do fine in the pastures. You know, in the Dakotas, it'll be below zero for, for weeks on end. They will do fine. And it's good that we don't have that drain, that driving rain. Now, for your horses, they need to be in a shelter. And, of course, for your pets, make sure, you know, you have them where they can get in the porch or, you know, in the house or in a warm doghouse. And for your chickens, have some heat lamps, but don't put them too close. And check your pipes. Check your pipes today. Remember, slow drip is what you need to do. Check your pipes because, again, we, it's going to be cold long enough 
special in the North Shore to burst a few pipes. Mike, I can't thank you enough. You and your family have a Merry Christmas. Y'all open presents. Merry Christmas. Y'all open presents on Christmas Eve or the next day? The next day we open presents, unless we can sneak one out from under the tree. But and I do that. my wife watches that real close. Santa Claus ain't going to like it. Thank you, Mike. Santa Merry- Claus is watching. Merry Christmas. Right? Santa ba- Claus is watching. Back in Merry a flash. Christmas.